with trolls. Did you really just play the cosplay card? Hello and welcome to this episode of Game on Girl, the podcast where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. And as you guys know, Rhonda and I just returned from PAX East, and there have been some stories that have been coming out of cons lately that we really wanted to take some time and address in the show, because a lot of them have to do with gendered issues. So we're really getting back to our focus of gender issues in the gaming community today with this episode and talking about some really bad incidents that got a lot of attention online and and should have gotten a lot of attention online. So so we're going to talk about those and talk about maybe some ways that all of us as a community can behave better and ways that anybody who's cosplaying or at a con can deal with trolls. Just bad, annoying people. <laughs> Before we um, get into the, the news stories themselves, because we're going to outline basically a couple of them that we want to address. I at least want to make this extremely clear that there is only so much that you can glean accurately from the news stories. Even the parties that are involved have only got one side of the story. So we want to try to be careful about making any particular judgments, especially just really critical judgments about anybody's character or in particular the situation because there's only so much that we really, really, really know. So um, try not to have a knee jerk reaction as, as, as we should all, we should all take, you know, stories with a grain of salt and, and understand that everybody has a different perspective. I had a, a former student who was a highway patrol officer for, you know, he had actually retired from um, the highway patrol. And he said he always knew that something was fishy with an investigation he was doing when everybody's story was the same. <laughs> <laughs> because when you do an investigation and you're looking at an instant or an event, everybody has a different perspective. He said, so if you're getting natural feedback from people, you're going to have a variety of feedback in what had happened. Yeah. And so if everybody was telling the same story, then we would know that something was really going on. So the fact that there are sort of multiple stories going on in these is, is you know, is legitimate totally legitimate. So. Yeah. So the first story is uh, the one closest to us because it happened at PAX East. Uh, we met Megan Marie, who is the community and communications manager with Crystal Dynamics. Here are the basics. She was hosting a cosplay event at their booth at PAX East. It was this, you know, couple of weekends ago. And a journalist asked her if he could interview the cosplayers. Um, She was okay with this. The cosplayers um, were as young as 15 years old, and there were a variety of young women uh, dressed as Laura Croft. And he asked an inappropriate question to the ladies. Now, the definition of what is inappropriate, well, the the cosplayers felt uncomfortable and... uh, Megan felt uncomfortable. Right. And and Megan had asked their permission first to make sure they were comfortable being interviewed. That was one of the things yes. that she had that she had noted. She asked the cosplayers yes. permission. This journalist would like to ask you a question. So she was very respectful of yes. 
them as individuals and said, you know, are you guys okay with this? Not, you know, not, not in, you know, the way things kind of work. PAX is a very crazy environment, you know, a lot of people pushing around. It wasn't, you mm, know, just yeah. anybody come and kind of jump on the cosplayers. She asked, they gave their consent and then he walked yeah. up and asked his question. Right. And so Megan found out what it was that he had asked and she confronted him. It was like, look, this made them very uncomfortable and you really, you know, shouldn't be talking like this. He continued a disrespectful response in the dialogue, um, was not remorseful and seemed to be extremely bemused by what he had done. Yeah. And, um, then just left. Right. And, Um, and, and we should, because you haven't. (laughs) What, what, you, you didn't say what he had, what he had said to them. No, I didn't because, I mean, again, that exactly what he said we don't know exactly what he said. Right. We don't know, but we, we have the, the basic gist of of what was said or or at least what was communicated to Megan. Because Megan wrote a really thoughtful yeah. and a really great piece about this and about what happened and about how she felt and about how the cosplayers felt in the situation. So essentially, because I, so I don't want to talk around it. Because okay. we, we have to have a context for what this conversation is about. And he walked up and said in some phrase and in some way, asked these women who were cosplaying Lara Croft um, how they felt knowing none of the men in the room could please them sexually. Well, please them in bed. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a basic idea of that <laughs> phrase. Yeah, I know. But th- that's, why I'm sa- that's why I'm arguing with you is because the, the words are important because I've read it two different ways. I've read that he said, knowing that the men in this room could please you, and knowing that the men in this room could please them in bed. Oh. And so th- those are two entirely different renditions, and they could be taken any way. Now, wh- the reason why I was jumping around it is because, it, in a way, it almost doesn't matter what he said. The cosplayers and Megan were uncomfortable. Right. And were offended. And and that's and that's and you're right. And you're totally right that that, that is the important thing. But we, we can't have an episode where we introduce a story and we don't actually acknowledge <laughs> yeah. whatever well, I, the phrase was that was said that it was sexual in nature, that it was, yeah. you know, it was offensive to to Megan and to the cosplayer. So we can't have it not noted. Um, well, because he kind of continued being disrespectful to Megan afterwards, basically saying that cosplayers deserve it um they were asking for it she took the situation to pax to let them know that they were mistreated it was disrespectful the women were uncomfortable she felt like she had put them in that situation and pax dealt with it mm-hmm. um the other story um happened the same weekend from my understanding because i actually got contacted from somebody asking me if i knew anything about it it was almost exactly within the same time frame and this one you may have heard a little bit more about because it seemed to have gotten a, a lot more press and it's the one with um adria Rich- richards at the PyCon. now miss richards is a developer and she was de- uh, attending the developers conference, uh, PyCon is uh, Python programming language. Um, during one of the panels, some of the guys uh, sitting behind her started making some sexual jokes, mm-hmm. and they were making her uncomfortable. And they just kept going on and on. And this was apparently after the panel had started, so there were some things going on during the presentation. She got very frustrated. 
and she turned around and snapped a picture of the gentleman and t- and tweeted about it. Mm-hmm. The conversation apparently kept going, and uh, she tweeted and texted the PyCon officials to ask them to intervene. And the uh, supposedly the PyCon people came in and escorted the gentleman out. Um, <laughs> since then, it has really kind of uh, spun out of control. There was horrible commentary and feedback on both sides to both sets of individuals. And then on both sides, the companies that these people work for, their regular nine to five jobs, uh, both Adrian Richards and the gentleman, one of the gentlemen that were both fired. So anyway. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it was a big mess. It is a big mess. A really big mess. So a lot has happened as a result. In my perspective, nothing in particularly good or helpful, at least with the Adria Richards thing, um, came out very well. I think the situation with with Megan was was better, but that's kind of where I want to want to kick the conversation off. So let's let's just state this because both women responded basically saying this shouldn't go on anymore. This shouldn't happen anymore. Why is this happening? Somebody's got to speak up. So just very, very briefly, just for context, what exactly is it that they're talking about? What is it that they want to stop happening? Well, I I think in the in the broadest sense, it's in both cases, the one connecting factor in both incidents is a sense of disrespect to the Megan Marie story and the Tomb Raider cosplayers. It was disrespect to to the cosplayers and to the women there, and to Megan because she was the one who had said yes. You you know you can interview them for the uh, Richard story and the the overheard conversation. You know you have to keep in mind wherever you are that you're not in, especially in perhaps especially when you're at a con, perhaps especially when you're in public in anywhere. You need to keep in mind that there are other people around you. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we've talked about this and, and in, in different situations and different environments before, you know, don't behave in a way that's inappropriate to, you know, when you're online, don't don't behave inappropriately, you know, behave as you would in your in your living room. Uh, but perhaps the other side of that is don't behave as you are in your living room. <laughs> because a lot of what um, people might say amongst their friends or when they're out with you know for drinks or at a at a you know social party or something might not be a conversation or a joke that would be appropriate at a con yeah yeah and people really need to be a lot more aware of their surroundings of who's around them and you know what what's really sad about the story with Audrey Richards and and her losing her job and the guys losing their jobs and and this whole kind of mess with with this PyCon incident is that it, you know, and, and part of what she has said and part of her statement, she has said, you know, this is part of what keeps women out of tech. And 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 that's true to a degree. I mean, you've you faced it as a woman who's worked in the technology mm-hmm. field. You know what it's like to be the only girl in, you know, or n- if not the only girl, one of, you know, few women in, uh, you know, male dominated uh, industry. And, and so when stories like this get out, I mean, I'm not saying that like the girls that we want to try to get into technology are hearing these stories right now, because they're probably not online or on Twitter or on, you know, wherever else seeing what's going on with these situations. 
but that overarching sense of this isn't a great place for me <laughs> yeah, because of my gender and because I'm treated differently because of my gender and because it's okay to make sexualized jokes because the majority of the industry are male. Those are just messages that shouldn't be out there. Right. <laughs> you know, so we're, we're talking about then disrespectful um, behavior towards gender. Yes, absolutely. Towards women. Okay. And, you know, and the jokes that the guys are making might have been funny to each other and to yeah. them. And and they didn't take into account that they could have been within earshot of somebody who didn't find them humorous right. or was offended or, you know, and, and I, I will fully admit that I, I push the boundaries sometimes when I'm with my friends and I'm, you know, hanging out with my friends. I will say the inappropriate things, you know, because I love to see people's reactions sometimes. But I don't do that when I'm at a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. And I don't do it when I'm at PAX. And I don't do it when I'm surrounded by people I don't know. Because you don't know how people are going to go or how people are going to react. You know, I, I'm very respectful as a teacher of my students. Not, you know, I have no problem with swearing. Even though I don't swear on the show. I have no problem with swearing. Um, but I know that a lot of my students can be offended by it. And sometimes I'll use movie clips in class that have swearing. And I'll say before the movie clip starts, I'm like, just so you guys know, there's swearing in this. And and I'm sorry. And I just want you to know if you're offended, I'm sorry that, you know, that you feel this way and that you have this. These are words in our language and they are things that we need to sort of deal with. So I'll set it up there for them. Um, but th that's a sense of respect. That's me respecting how they believe or what they believe and what they're thinking. And I think that that's really the problem here is that no one in this in these situations, you know, in in one story, in the in the story from Pax East, we have a story of someone who was purposefully yes, hurtful uh, and purposely antagonistic and abusive and wrong. I mean, just wrong. In, in how he behaved and how he acted toward the women cosplayers and then toward Megan when she, you know, confronted him. In the PyCon story, we also have a, a sense of disrespect, but it wasn't intentional. They weren't making the joke at her expense or in her direction. She just overheard what they were kind of saying. And so so th that makes there, there's a difference between these two stories for that reason, too. So we can't oh, have yeah. them as as equal stories in terms of intention on on, right. you know, on the parts of the people involved. Um, I don't know from what I from what I've read. I didn't I didn't see that there was a whole I can't I can't really say that. I'm not really sure how much remorse the, the guys in the PyCon instant felt about what had happened. Well, you bring up a, a good point or a segue because we do want to kind of compare and contrast the situations just a little bit in a goal of trying to glean why was there how were things handled differently and how were the income the outcomes different and why. Mm -hmm. And um, you've already stated that Actually, both of them were at a con, but it is an environment mostly where it is populated with both male and female professionals. Right. Even at PAX, it is a gathering of professional people. There are families involved. We saw plenty of kids at PAX, uh, which is another consideration. But these are potential future career people. Right. Right. They are watching other professionals handle disseminating uh, valuable information, sharing technology, and uh, sharing their passions. So 
in this sense, it's it's similar. And so I believe right. that they both fit into our uh, talk of the gaming mm-hmm. community and issues between genders, which mo- most of us were, were adult, uh, mature professional adults. Most of us. but even and and not not that that makes somebody infallible in in terms of making a mistake or making a joke or or having a moment where you know you say the wrong thing and then and then you regret it um you know but treating the topics that are presented at PAX the people who are at PAX (sighs) (laughs) I kind of feel like I keep coming back to saying the same things Which is, you know, we as a community, as a gaming community, both in the industry and within, you know, the fans, because that's one of the things about the difference between the two cons is that PAX is an industry and a fan event. And I think PyCon is more an industry event, yes. not mistaken. So there's a difference in audience in terms of who's at which, you know, which oh, event. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, one's more entertainment than the other. Right, exactly. Still. Exactly. But still, the sense of respect really should be the driving force for that really should be. Everybody should be respected. Everybody should be able to come to these events and feel like they are part of a community that is supportive and engaging and, you know, desiring of having them there. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think maybe that was part of what happened with... um a Richard story with, you know, feeling offended, like, you know, how can I be here? And how can I be in this space when these are the kinds of things that are going on, you know, right behind me? Well, and just to follow up on your comment before I, I, I move us into talking about the the comparisons and contrast. Um, I read quite a few articles about the PyCon incident. And from all the things that I read, the multiple stories are that um, the guys were making jokes and that type of conversation just kept kept continuing. They right. it was sort of like a uh, a spiral that they just were not getting out of. Mm-hmm. Um, I also heard that or read, excuse me, um, that a joke was made by one of the one of the guys, but then that from their account, the rest of what they said was taken out of context. It was misheard mm-hmm. um, because the, the terms they were using are some of the terms they use in discussing uh, Python. And so I, I got the distinct impression from some of the articles I was reading that the guys were flabbergasted, um, at least the one that got fired, that it was taken as far as it was because mm-hmm. it did not he felt like a lot of it was taken out of context. So this is how complicated the situation is. Yeah. Well, I, and I don't think either one are are necessarily, well, I don't know, maybe the PAX incident is pretty simple. (laughs) It is simpler. And that's, that's where I want to go. That's the reason why I don't want to concentrate on the things that we don't know, Mm -hmm. because, um, if I haven't made it entirely clear so far, um, I feel like, the, the, the point to me of these two, two stories is that we ha- we d- definitely have a cause and we definitely have a problem in the situations because, mm-hmm. I mean, I've experienced it as well. And uh, maybe we can have a show and talk about why the, the comment, well, she's dressed sexy, so she's asking for these kind of comments because right. I, I would really like to explore the, the complete and utter disconnect in the two sides of that statement. But what I really am impressed on is how I feel like that 
Ms. Richards did not handle the situation for the benefit of the community, but I believe that um, Megan Marie did. Right. Um, I think that there's a world of difference in how they did it. And I think one helped the cause and I think one hurt it. Now, both women got lamb blasted afterwards. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. and both of them. I mean that that really didn't change, but I I, I don't think there was quite the firestorm after the th- situation with Megan Marie as there was with Miss Richards. No, I, I think the firestorm after Megan's um, commentary was more focused on you know game journalists need to behave better and <laughs> yeah, whoever yeah. these this guy was, he he really should you know. You know, I saw several tweets of of men in the game industry or male writers and male journalists who were like, um, what? You know, <laughs> yeah. which was great because it, it helps when the support is is yeah. both gendered when it's not just the women who are like, you know, this is really offensive and you shouldn't be doing this because when, you know, when the support is one sided, then it's one sided. So yeah. that was one thing that I really appreciated. And her her written piece was very well thought out and very mm-hmm. complete yeah. and, and, and very personal in how she approached it, which I appreciated too, because I, I tend to have very similar things. Um, I tell my students when they start presenting in class at the end of the semester, you know, I'm used to people talking when I present and my, my, my point of view in that is it's your education. So if you're not going to put that time and energy into paying attention to me while I'm teaching, that's really your loss. And, you know, when it gets out of hand, I'll, I'll, you know, talk to people. But when my students get up to present, my students who are not doing this for a living, who Mm -hmm. have not chosen to be up in front of a classroom like I have, you will see a side of me that you don't want to see. You know, I will get ferocious if you are insulting my students as they're presenting, if you're not paying attention, if you're talking, if you're on your phone, any of those things are not acceptable when my students are presenting. And she pretty much said the same thing, that she was really able to kind of come, you know, to stand up for them um, in a way that she might not have ever been able to stand up for herself. And I really appreciated that. And that was really powerful because she put herself in the place of the situation and, and how it was working. And I think that that's what was was missing with, with Richard's story was, you know, like you like you said in our notes and then part of what we're going to talk about, you know, that idea of public shaming. Yeah. Not, you know, it's it's the same thing. The same thing with with my students when I call them out for talking in front of the class, that never works. <laughs> right. It never works. If I yell at students for talking in class, they just do it again. If I catch them after class and I explain to them that I feel disrespected and they're disrespecting their fellow classmates, with their behavior because everybody's there to learn or at least theoretically everybody's there to learn Um, and your talking is distracting from that. Um, when I do that, that's much more likely. I remember very early in my teaching career having, you know, a group of male students who just love to chat in the back of my classroom. And I stepped them all aside one day and I'm like, you guys need to knock this off. You know, Mm. this is bad. And they were good from then on. (laughs) That's a great example. But when, when I had tried to like embarrass them in front of the class, it doesn't, it doesn't stop. It doesn't help anything because they just, you know, blow that off as, oh, you know, she's just reacting as opposed to like that calm sort of stop and explain it's the same thing I do the same thing with texting now I don't I don't blast people in class for it anymore but I do pull them aside after class and say you know <laughs> and it's really funny when I get the really shocked looks and like how did you know I was texting because you know they're doing it <laughs> under the table but you know what people 
and to all students and to everybody who thinks you're getting away with texting anytime you think you're getting away with texting, nobody smiles at their crotch. <laughs> nobody does that. So we know. We know. Thanks. Okay. Public service message over. <laughs> Oh my god. Anyway, I that's what I thought of when I when I saw this story and when we were talking about it and the sort of put it on Twitter and let people, you know, have their barrage against, you know, bad behavior. It's the same thing as when I yell at my students for talking in class. It's a temporary yeah. like embarrassment. They might blush or they might get embarrassed, but it doesn't solve the underlying issue, which as if we're gonna come back to as the theme is about disrespect and disrespecting the people in your environment, wherever that environment may be. Yeah, and I think that's the reason why that, um, I think the Megan situation, I believe, had a better outcome, but also she's, to me, she, uh, represents a better model. And the fact that, I've said this many times, and it, it, it if you can think of this first, there's, there's assume from the beginning that, that no one is pure evil, <laughs> except Voldemort, and, <laughs> except Voldemort, and that everybody is teachable, and also pretty much everybody we're talking about here, even uh, when we're talking about the cosplayers at, at age fifteen, you're talking about young adults. Mm -hmm. it, it's it always if you just go ahead and approach them like they're mature adults, just as respectfully as you'd want them to approach you. Um, typically, the situation will not be escalated. It won't be huge. It, it won't get blown out of proportion. It won't carry over. It's usually not nearly as big. It, to, in my opinion, if Miss Richards was offended. She either could have turned around and said, you know, could you guys keep it down until after the panel is over or waited until after the panel and pulled them aside, just like you did with your students. And she could have, she could have lived through that and made a better eye contact one-on-one -on -one in a respectful adult way. I mean, there you're, you're really pinning them down. How do you, how do you deny the one-on-one -on -one eye contact right, with someone right. saying, you know, that was really kind of gross. Yeah. The, the social responsibility of looking someone in the eye who's been offended by what you said is yeah. completely different than having to face however many anonymous people on Twitter are reacting to a joke you made. And you've got to, you, you've got to realize too, in a situation, check yourself before you make it public, make sure that the, the only parties involved in the, the resolution are the ones that were offended. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that that's what Megan did. She asked the cosplayers, are you guys okay? They were not okay with it. She asked the, the journalist to, you know, that wasn't very respectful. He continued the way he was talking and then was asked to leave or he left. Yeah. And with Miss Richards, the, the guys didn't get that opportunity. Th their offense was immediately made public as if everyone on Twitter could be the judge. Well, and that everybody needed to be offended because but she was. We don't. Well, oh, yeah, because she because was. Because she was offended. Yeah. Everybody needed to be offended yeah. by what was going on because she had been offended. And, you know, I'm not saying that the jokes they were making weren't offensive or anything like that or that she didn't have justifiable cause. If it was problematic enough for her in a situation like this where, like, Megan handled it by getting Pax involved and Pax had him removed. Yes. Um, if it was to that level, uh, you know, I can't, I can speak for what it would have been like at, 
you know, at PAX because we know what the enforcers were like at PAX. (laughs) You know, they were on top of everything and they were fantastic. And we found out in in the elevator, actually, that, you know, sometimes they fly out from Seattle to be enforcers in in Boston even. So they have lots of experience doing what they're doing. So we know how it would have been handled because we can see from Megan's experience and from our own experience with the staff there. Had she addressed it at that moment, in in the moment, and as it was going on with the people who could have taken action on it at the at that time, that that also might have been a better way to handle it as well. So I, you which know, one, which one to to have for her to have gone to PyCon, you know, ins- oh, okay. instead of yeah. you know, lashing yeah. out in, at Twitter. In, in the yeah. Twitterverse, instead of lashing out there, um, you know, to go to the organizers of the con and say, listen, this is going on and it's not cool. And it's yeah. not cool for all these reasons. So, yeah. And, and that's kind of what, to me, at the, at the end result, when we talk about at the beginning, you know, we, we want to be treated. Women want to be treated respectfully. Well, and men want to be, you know, men want to be treated with respect as well. Yes. You know, right. it's, it's really something that everybody wants. And yes. it's, it's just a level of sensitivity to know, you know, okay, I find this funny. I'm, I'm joking around with my buddies to realize that that might not always be appropriate, even if you have a really funny joke or really amusing thing to say. Maybe save it until you guys are having drinks after the panel. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> So sorry, exactly. I didn't mean to interrupt your your train of thought. I just don't want it always to be like we're oh, saying no, women need this when you know men need it as well. Oh yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, I stood in line at at PAX and listened to a, a gaggle of women. I think because I am a woman, I can still say gaggle. <clears throat> but um, <laughs> I also ch- say chick too. So if if you guys are offended by that, let me know and I'll just say it more. Oh, but hey, uh, girl. <laughs> um but but they were embarrassing me right and i'm like women girls please just please shut up and they just seemed to get louder the more offensive they got the louder they got and that's one of those you know be a little more self-aware about where you're at and how you're talking but for some reason i think they thought what they were saying was so cool and so important they were really happy that everybody around them could hear yeah what i'm looking back at is our original statement was the the problem is how we treat each other respectfully across gender lines in public and in in professional situations and the the result that we want is to have people get along better right right that's um, that's really the 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 thrust or the main idea yeah. of what we'd like to see happen what you know what should be the case for everybody and and, and i feel like that in in the situation that miss richards did not move as toward that goal as well as megan did because i think megan handled it more professionally and especially the way you said it in that it was she took it into a one-on-one situation right she right she took it it was very personal exactly and she involved the parties that were involved and kept it within that context right and i don't ever want it to be mistaken if you are in a dangerous situation that is something entirely different and if you feel threatened that is something yes. entirely different as well yeah um, that, we're just talking about verbal disrespect right now. Yeah. And and one of the other things that I want to just point out here, um, you know, <laughs> I, I find it amusing. Um, I have my niece who's, you know, 15 on Facebook. 
And I think sometimes about what it would be like if I had had Facebook at 15. Oh, Lord. And I am so thankful <laughs> that I cannot look back. You know, I have my journals. I can look back at my journals. But those were private, oh. you know. Only I was reading my journals. Um, so, I, you know, I have that. But but to, to think about what, what is made public and, and the way things are made public on the Internet. And, you know, and everybody says it. And I know it's become kind of a cliche. But, you know, the Internet's a public thing. As, as much as we want to think we have privacy, you know, settings on Facebook or whatever, yeah. um, you know, it's on the Internet. It, 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 it can get out. Somebody can find it. You know, if somebody's working hard enough, somebody can find it for you. So, you know, be wary of, of your reaction. That's another thing that I think that, that was really nice about the way that Megan handled it. She didn't react in the moment. She she didn't react in the moment they had been offended, in the moment they had had the interaction. She didn't pick up her phone and tweet about it, you know? Yeah. It, it didn't go on Twitter in that moment where you are filled with rage and, you know, an anger and are pissed off and want some sort of, you know, vengeance. She took the time to reflect on it yes. and and write it later. And, and that, I think, made it even that much more powerful because, you know, we had met her and we had crossed paths with her and she was you know, open and such a great personality just in general. Um, but to know that that had been like a, an undercurrent that was going on for the con for her, I was like, wow, she like really kept it together, which I really respect, yeah. you know, and she didn't lash out. It wasn't a lashing out. It was a thoughtful, let's put this in context. And this is why this was wrong in a very logical, clear and calm way. And that, I think, is one of the biggest contrasts between these two stories. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And even in the moment, yeah. um, sh she handled it the exact yeah, same way. Exactly. She, was, she was slow to anger. Yeah. She was calm. Mm -hmm. And she made sure she knew what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. She, she talked to both parties involved and made sure she had the context and and basically did her job mm -hmm. i mean That's she is the the community and communications manager for the is. company and she handled it professionally exactly i was just going to say a consummate professional that this yeah. is this is what Crystal Dynamics, you know, you hit it out of the ballpark <laughs> and i think that's part of the reason why that you outside of just what you want to call the haters Mm -hmm. that there really wasn't as huge a backlash about this and this horrible knee-jerk reaction by these right. HR departments right. that, that fired these people. I mean, talk about taking things too far. Mm -hmm. I mean, good grief. It, it sounds to me like you have a nice little sit-down conversation and say, you know, let's behave and, you know. Yeah. Because uh, nobody... Even the two parties involved are not clear on exactly what was said. Right. So how can an HR department decide to fire anybody? Yeah. Well, that's a whole other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that, uh, yeah, I, a, I rabbit trailed. That's a place I don't even want to go because those are those are things I that we can't really address in any. No. You know, we, we have. I mean, we want to talk about context that we don't understand that that's context that is just beyond oh, yeah. our, the scope of even this conversation in terms of what we're what we're looking at and talking about here. So, yeah, we, we don't we don't need to wander. <laughs> and so, down. oh, you're talking about wandering. You wander all the time, girl. I'm going to pull you back. <laughs> all the time there's a little bunny rabbits hopping around all over the place <laughs> um but yeah i i mean my my um 
rule of thumb is just do a one-on-one confrontation in a non-shameful way. Do it away from the public. Do it one-on-one respectfully. Assume I mean, if you assume right off the bat that the person did not mean to offend you and you go and you say, you know, did I hear you correctly? Did I mean, did you actually say such and such? Because this is what I heard. And you need to be careful about what you say. Right, right. Because of where you're at. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would, yeah. And and to preface it, you know, like you say in in the notes we have for the show, to to preface it personally, you, you said... Okay, if this is what you you said, this is how it made me feel. Yes, and, exactly. And this is why I'm offended by it. I mean, and yes. and keep it personal because you don't want to say, you know, you such and such or you so and so because then they're just like, oh well, here's another chick calling me names or you yeah. know, here's another you know feminist with her panties in a wad, you know, or whatever awful things people say. Not that I think feminists get their pa- panties in a wad. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then, and, and then in the situation, if, if the situation gets escalated, if that confrontation does not go well, right. then pull in the immediate authorities who are actually responsible for the for, environment that you're for in. The environment that you're mm-hmm. in. Yes. And also, when you have that confrontation, don't, don't assume, because 99% of the time, you're not going to get a good response. Right, right. You're going to get, uh, whatever. Yep. I mean, you'll get blown off. It won't necessarily get escalated, but you don't know what kind of positive reactions you're going to have from treating someone with respect and letting them know what their words mean. Mm-hmm, exactly. And and the impact, because because like, like you said at the beginning of the show, words are important and words are powerful. And, and I come back to that all the time. I teach English, so I'm constantly letting my students know exactly how important their words are and their the ideas that come behind them and what they mean and the context and um, the connotation of the words and how they can be offensive. So before we close, I'll just uh, I'll pull a quote from uh, Megan's post and I'm sure we'll have links on the blog. Absolutely. Uh, so you guys can go read it because I just we think it's a good example of Uh, professionalism. She says, firstly, I didn't name the outlet because I found recently that a few individuals championing a good cause can rapidly spin out of control into an angry mob to a point that it seems acceptable to threaten physical harm against others. This isn't acceptable and is counterproductive to the positive message. She summed it all up. We should have just said that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a little bit over. (laughs) I mean... Well, it's it's true. You know, we want want strong and powerful voices, and we want people to listen to us. Everybody wants that. Everybody wants to be heard. I say stitch it on the floor. (laughs) I think we all need posters or perhaps um, pamphlets or something that we can carry around with us. you know, that, that say, you know, if not these exact words, something along these lines of, you know, don't, don't run off with your, with your flag and, uh, and, and tout how offended you are. Small, short, well thought out arguments are, are usually better accepted. So when you're at a con and you're, you know, wanting to compliment someone on their cosplay, just be respectful. Think about how you'd want to be treated in in their place if you were in their situation, you were in their shoes. You know they're there because they dressed up like they are because they love their character. 
So how would yeah. you want that feedback? I stopped a girl who was dressed up as Link because she had one of the most oh, extensive yes. costumes that were just absolutely fantastic. And I stopped her and I just said, you look really great. And she would, she, big smile on her face, you know, that's what it should be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've experienced the same thing in the professional industry. So I know it's a continuing problem. And even though I know it's a continuing problem, I was still shocked at the the panel at PAX where we went about um, white knights and trolls facing yes. facing harassment online. Yeah, yeah. I, I was still shocked as we sat there and Iris Explosion and uh, Shoshana and everybody there, th- they were reading these tweets that were coming in. And I mean, I know I'm aware of how things operate on the internet and, and that some people are doing it for attention, but I still can't believe that people would even say those kinds of things. And I mean, there were some really, really rough yeah really offensive thing and the panel hadn't even started yet no nothing had even been said (laughs) it was just the topic and 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 the panelists that were up on twitch and they were you know they were already lambasting it was specific (sighs) about women yeah about women women talking i mean the title of it was you game like a girl trolls and white knights Yeah, I just I I really I hate the idea that that actually still exists at that level. Yeah. So, yeah, it's out there. And I'm glad the 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 women on that panel handled it as well as they did. I mean, they were they were professional. I mean, they're reading them. There's if you don't laugh, you're going to cry. And they have been there that yeah. I think they've seen much, much worse than we have. What's always sad for me at panels like that is they're such great messages. The, the problem is that the people who tend to attend those panels are already on your side. <laughs> and you're not generally reaching the people that, that disagree with you. Um, no. But because they were on Twitch and because obviously people were watching on Twitch that weren't necessarily, you know, um, fans necessarily of the idea um, hopefully they did get a chance to reach some people who might not have otherwise sort of understood what they were trying to say and communicate because it was really important stuff. Yeah, I was I was really, really happy with the panel. We talked about that in the last episode. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, we really appreciate you um, listening to us. We're Game On Girl. If you've been in a harassment situation at a con or a professional event, and if you handled that in a particular way and got good results or bad results, we'd love to hear your story. Be sure and give us feedback on GameOnGirl.com. I'm the co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. You can follow me on Twitter at R-H-O-R-H-O-O-M. That's Row Room. And you can also read my tech blog at DrillOnTheFrog.com. Email me at Rhonda at GameOnGirl.com. And I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, or Doc Liz with two Zs, as I'm known on Twitter and Steam. And we'd really love to hear your feedback about these issues, about these two incidents in particular, or as Rhonda said, anything that's happened to you at a con, a good or bad example, incident, something where you had experienced harassment. We really do want to kind of dig into these issues and see what we can come up with as solutions because that's really what we should be talking about are the things that we as a community can do to make cons even better, more fantastic places for people to be. Because we love our culture, we love our geek, our nerd and gamer culture so much, we really should hopefully fly the flag of embracing everybody and and making people feel good and not negatively harassing (laughs) people at all. Let's just cut that out, people, all right? Thanks. That's your message from Game On Girl this week. (laughs) 
the Game on Girl podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher streaming. These links, along with references made on the show, can be found on our website, GameOnGirl.com. We also, as we've mentioned before, have several new writers for the site who are writing articles and asking some really provocative questions as well. So please make sure to check out the site and check out what they're writing about, too. This podcast is very wonderfully and delightfully edited by Ryan Broom at Desert Tree Media. And the theme song, Good Day by Triple Fox, is used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, game on! Game on!